later he's like, oh my gosh, you recognized me? And Doc is like, not at first. So my headcanon is that he was like, oh man, this poor kid, he needs a hat. Puts a hat on him that looks just like the crown. Oh my god, Jughead! Oh my god. Bye. That's what I think happens. Cole Sprouse? Cole Sprouse? Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, what is your favorite, like, flavor of popcorn? Because Betty eats popcorn this episode. Oh! Thanks to Dave on our Discord server for suggesting that one. He's a genius. Yeah. That's pretty huge. Yeah, what is yours? Yeah, boring answer, just like butter. Really? Mostly. All right. I think like your your hot take is that you'll eat old movie popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. Who won't? Yeah. You wouldn't? Well, you turned me on to it, and so now I like it. But it never occurred to me before to like eat it a couple days after. It's the same. I ate it the next day when we got home from Jungle Cruise. Delicious. It tastes the same, Mm -hmm. which is like terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think it tastes better, to be honest, because when they just put the butter on, you can't taste it, ha- it as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's like marinated. I don't know if it's ta- if it tastes better <clears throat> to me necessarily. It's two different like genres mm. and they're both delicious. Gotcha. Fair enough. So mine is like just regular and then but I would also do like dill pickle. What a random addition. I don't I've know if I've ever before. seen you eat dill pickle popcorn. Oh yeah, definitely not. It's like uh one of those things where it's, like, very special, where, like, someone at, you know, you go to a, to go see a movie at, like, a friend's house or whatever, and they happen to have, like, the popcorn seasoning thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I've never yeah, bought yeah, it for yeah. myself or anything, but, yeah. And then, uh, also, like, classic answer, caramel popcorn? hmm Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. The, if that counts. Yeah, you no, know, that's literally what I was gonna pick, so yeah. that counts. Okay, cool. Alright, yeah. Uh, and my name is Brittany Ray, I'm a 31-year-old feral person. <laughs> I'm so hot right now. <laughs> person who enjoys only MILFs. Good. That's it. That's my bio now. Good. I'm an artist and writer from beautiful post- I hate that post-apocalyptic Vancouver. Change I gotta draw my bio. I do like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. My favorite flavor definitely is caramel when paired with cheddar, so I love a good Chicago mix. Big proponent of kettle corn. I love kettle corn. Robin hates kettle corn. I'd rather don't know die why. It's so corn. close to caramel corn. Fight! It's sugar corn. No, it's it, caramel corn has caramel on it. <laughs> kettle corn is an abomination. It's just sugar. No, it's it. My problem is my that problem re- is threefold in the words of Claire Willett. My problem is that it tastes too much like it smells, and I don't like how it smells. That's so weird to me because I love how it smells. It's like the way it smells is too thin. Like it's like it's like it smells like it doesn't have oxygen, so my body won't breathe it. I don't know how. I that's wish the only you way you guys could see us having this conversation right now. <laughs> this is the only way that I can explain it. That's how my brain works: is that it smells so bad that it makes me think that there isn't oxygen, so I should not breathe, and so I have to leave the room so I can breathe. That's how I feel about the smell of pot. Oh. It makes me feel like I need to not be breathing. Yeah. Like I, I, I like I'd rather not breathe than breathe this. Yeah. Like the smell, like just oh, it makes me like sick to my stomach. It's like you know how pregnant women get not only cravings but also like 
Oh, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Some like, things the opposite, where like, it's like, no, 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 no. It's that, but, like, all the time mm-hmm. for me for kettle corn. If you like kettle corn, I sort of respect you. Um, I know yeah, she's only saying that because that her don't. sister likes kettle corn. She's not listening to this. <laughs> I know that you don't respect me, but it's fine. I'm going to eat it anyway. Okay. Okay. Just don't pop it when I'm home. No, I, if it helps, I do prefer when I just buy it store-bought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's my problem is that my sister constantly just pops it when I was living with her. She would just pop it all the time and it smells horrible and makes me want to die. Kick it. Who are you? Me? Yeah, you. Oh, no, I forgot. My name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28-year-old television critic. You can find my words at Telltale TV. You sound Um, dead inside. (laughs) Sorry? (laughs) I did say that I didn't respect you, but that doesn't mean that you can go and not respect Sam. Sorry, so sorry. Sam, you can insult me now. We've went around the circle. Uh, are you also dead inside? Kobe says, excuse me, I want to be part of the podcast. Kobe wants lunch, but he should have asked two hours ago. I like that we're, uh, we're we feel like we don't have that much to say about this episode, so, so we're we decided just... to just fill the podcast with garbage. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Riverdale Sam hasn't even introduced <laughs> herself yet. How? Riverdale puts garbage on the screen. Why can't we put garbage in the podcast? So true. Queen. Well. Continue, honey. I like over 40, so deplete. I hate myself. We did that. We What did we do that on the Stranger Things podcast? OT, please kiss. OT, please kiss. I like making playlists for those over 40s OTPs, and I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Ain't that true. Uh, the best popcorn is always going to be movie butter. Yeah. Okay. Kobe's oh, starving. My man. But I don't want to smell your stinky, stinky food. Oh, yeah. You're going to start the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Today we have words to say about episode 511 of Riverdale, Strange Bedfellows. I just decided to do that. That's all right. So, um, so Strange Bedfellows. <laughs> Thank you. I hate you. <laughs> Keep that in. <laughs> Absolutely not. Why? <laughs> I, uh, I, sometimes I keep them in, but that one, I've already said that this one, that either people think we're very funny or people think we're very annoying, and who's to say, you know? Two things can be true. Yeah. I think it's both. I'm funny <laughs> and annoying. Okay. I'm not gonna disagree. You're funny and annoying. Thanks. <laughs> so, Strange Bedfellows is a 1965 American comedy film. Carter, a wealthy American, and Tony, a bohemian-Italian woman, meet in London and impossibly marry. Then, finding they have virtually nothing in common, they separate. Seven years later, just days before they are to take steps to move forward on their divorce, they meet again and begin to rekindle the romance. The phrase strange bedfellows also sort of means unlikely allies. Yeah, that's what I've always understood it to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's the movie that is the, uh, the reference. Why do straight people get married if they don't even know that they like each other? Money, probably. Oh, I like money. Yeah, it's from The Tempest, Strange oh, right. Bedfellows. Um, because they mentioned Shakespeare in the episode, and I remember having read that it was about, it was from Shakespeare, so I just wanted to point that out. As for thoughts from listeners from several, several months ago, mm-hmm. um, I got an Instagram DM, because we had been talking about what Jughead's uh, tattoo was, and oh, we thought, yeah. and we thought, oh, is it, uh, is it hot dog? I can't tell. It's hot dog. It's uh, it's like a cartoon version of hot dog, That's basically. Really cute. I got this from at Blanket Juice on Instagram, so thank you so much. Blanket Juice. Yes. What was the reasoning behind your URL? I'm interested in knowing. Yeah. But they said, "Hey, I know you guys probably won't have another Riverdale podcast until summertime." You are correct. So true. It is now summertime. But I was listening to the most recent episode and was just messaging to talk about Jughead's new tattoos. The dog was hot dog. The one on his chest is his crown. It's his crown hat, and he has another one on his arm of this alien called Cosmo from the Archie comics. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, foreshadowing, question mark? 
So those are Jughead's tattoos. So right. imagine if it was actual foreshadowing to like an actual alien. Yeah. And Named Cosmo. Just, yeah. yeah if, if Riverdale was just about aliens. Right. I would like that better. Right. Yeah. So now this is our only podcast that we still do Tudor Boot for. Um. So we do. Tutor it's because it deserves boot. it. Yes. Exactly. It, it runs the gamut. Yeah. Because yeah. most of our other podcasts, the episodes are just good. Right. Yeah. Most. Um. Oh yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and one of them, the episodes are just bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, if you guys need a refresher, um, Tudor Boot is from the RuPaul's Fashion Photo Review, and Toot is good, Boot is bad. The scale from worst to best goes Scoot, mm-hmm. Boot, Newt, which is neutral, Toot, and then Shoot, which is the best. Which is, like, all-time, like, extremely good. Yeah. So, uh, Brittany, Tudor Boot. Freaking Boot. Mm-hmm. This episode sucked. Yeah. Same. Borderline scoot for me, honestly. Whoa. Like Honestly, yeah. I didn't cult, en- I didn't enjoy it the and there wasn't anything. Stuff. Like like if I am ever doing a series long rewatch of Riverdale, there are certain episodes that I just don't need, and this mm-hmm. is one of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to give it a boot. Um, I was confused almost the whole time. And I do have to say that part of that was due to our entire apartment being made of windows. And so, so many scenes were in the dark that I actually did not know what was going on. Don't blame the sun for Riverdale's problem. <laughs> well, the, pr- the thing is that when I rewatched it today, I did understand what was going on because I could see the screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that it's partially that. But also, yeah, I don't know how much to say that it's because I couldn't see the screen, <laughs> but I had no idea what was happening for half of it until I rewatched it, and I just don't think you should have to watch it twice to understand what's going on on a show. Yeah, that's basically, like, get your point across the first time. If I rewatch it, it should be because I enjoyed it so much that I want to see it again, yeah. not so that I understand it better. I cannot wait to tell you guys what I thought was happening in Jughead's storyline before, <laughs> before now, I rewatched it. that I'm excited to hear about! So, okay, so that's Tudor Boot, um, and perfect, that works out because we are going straight into Jughead's storyline. We split this episode into four storylines, Jughead, Cheryl, Betty and Tabitha, and then Veronica and Archie. So I did the summary for the Jughead storyline. After we watch the episode, I immediately do my summary just because it's very clear in my mind and then I don't have to do it while I'm doing my notes I the next day. I don't know how you do that from memory. Well, uh, sometimes I have to go in and correct myself, but at least I'm not writing the whole summary while I'm rewatching because okay. that just uh, just takes extra brain power that I don't want to want to sounds like a lot of work, yeah. And so I, I wrote this one last night and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I just tried my best, basically. <laughs> That's all anyone can ask yeah. of you. And then I rewatched the episode, and then I redid my summary, because my summary made no sense oh, from no. beforehand. So this is my summary of what actually happened in Jughead's storyline. Okay. Jughead finds himself back at Sketch Alley, where he used to live some time before going to Stonewall. He gets attacked by these rich guys and finds himself with this other guy who helps nurse him back to health. He introduces himself as Doc. Jughead says his name is Henry. It's the same guy that he used to live with like 10 years ago, but Jughead thinks or hopes that he doesn't recognize him. His biggest regret was not helping Doc forever ago, so when it happens again, he finally stands up and saves him. The next day, he wakes up and apologizes to Doc about what happened to him so long ago, and Doc totally remembers him. He decides to leave and head back to New York to figure out what happened in the past that he can't remember. But he hitchhikes with one of the big trucks that's hurting people! Jughead, what the heck? You know better than that! So that's what actually happened. 
it's it's still confusing, I'm gonna be honest with you. Oh, it definitely is confusing. This is what I thought happened, though. I genuinely thought that Jughead was hallucinating this man, because when he told the story, we get a flashback, if you guys haven't seen the episode, because there are people who are listening to this who just don't watch the episode and are just looking for what- I really can't blame you. Yeah, I support you too, so I want to make it super clear. Basically, there was a flashback to a moment in season four when Jughead was giving out, like, his biggest regret or his biggest secret or something to join the Quill and Skull. Yeah, like, um, Brett's little... With Brett and Donna and stuff. And so he had to tell his, like, biggest regret or his biggest secret. And he said that when he was, like, younger, I think, like, uh, season one type stuff, he was living, well, he was homeless, and he hung out with this guy named Doc, and Doc would always, like, watch out for him, and his biggest regret was that um, one time Doc was beat up by these men, and Jughead didn't do anything. And so Jughead used the phrase, beat the life out of him, and so for this entire time since that scene in season four, I just mm-hmm. assumed that guy died. Because <laughs> he said, beat the life out of him. Sure. So I thought, he's Jughead dead. Jughead watched someone die. I think that's fair to assume. And so when we get this storyline in which he's hanging out with a guy who's like, hi, my name's Doc, and we get, and they show us the flashback to that scene in season four, I'm like, he's talking to Doc's ghost. I feel like that's kind of a fair conclusion to draw. He's on drugs. Either that or he's hallucinating being back in that situation, but it's not his younger self. None of it's real. Yeah, but it's like not his younger self, it's his present self. And so I was like, okay, he's having a hallucination back to that time, and that's what's happening. Yeah! Because I- I don't think that that's a weird thing to jump to, personally. No, I, I also kind of thought that was the case, so... Mm-hmm. I genuinely thought that at the end of the episode they were going to reveal that the man he was talking to was not actually there, and that he was hallucinating or dreaming or... It was a ghost, basically. Yeah. Um, because they're bringing in supernatural elements, and so I was like, ghosts! Why not? I mean, Jason's here, so like... <laughs> yeah, Jason is why not? always here. Yeah. So why not? But anyway, what actually happened, basically, is that um, he saw the same guy again, and then since it's been, like, ten years, he thought, he doesn't recognize me, so I'll introduce myself as someone else. But he totally recognized you, because you look basically exactly the he same. He literally looks the same. So, yeah, that's why it's confusing. It, 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 um, it was bad. Yeah. So basically, his current self is getting warm by a fire in Sketch Alley. Some rich guys come over, they want to give him money, and he tries to take it, but then they, like, starting start attacking him, right? Yeah. Basically, so many people are getting attacked by rich guys, and in, including in the story that he told. And so I was, I, I'm just like, is he... In place of Doc? Like, is there is there a hallucination going on where I, wherein he, like, saves Doc, but it turns out it was him that he was saving? Like, I thought there was, like, some sort of symbolism here, but there wasn't. Let's, <laughs> let's never assume. Yeah. I just hate people. I hate these men who literally just kicks people while they're down. I don't, like, I can't imagine yeah. seeing, like, a homeless person who's, like, trying their best and then just, like, beating them up. And I know that there's people out there like that, but I, I hate them. That's because literally Yeah, same. Yeah, like, what is wrong with you? Um, and he's just, like, laughing, and his friends aren't doing anything. They're helping. Like, I don't... It's horrible. I, I don't understand people. Do rich people have souls? No. Maybe not. If I'm ever a rich person, I promise to keep my soul. Yeah, me too. Same. So he wakes up in a tent, and there's a guy taking care of him. It seems like it seems like he has some medical knowledge. Like, he has... Maybe that's why he's, he's called Doc. Yeah. Bye. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Quite literally, Brittany, I had not put that together. (laughs) I was quite literally just thinking of the dwarf from Snow White. Good night. But thank you very much. Yeah, no problem, That is definitely what happened. So he says his real name's Calvin, but you can call him Doc, 
And so I was like, oh, was he hallucinating? We already talked about this. I'm like, or is it straight up the same guy? Um, Just I, the same guy. Yeah. And, but I also the same I think, irrelevant plot line. I think that Jughead probably looks basically the same, except now he has a weird mustache. So I don't know why Jughead doesn't How think. dare you? His mustache is... No, that's it. His mustache is. <laughs> Why are you how daring but me? Should I'm it right. Be? I just really wanted to drag Cole's inability to grow a mustache. Yeah. So for some reason, Jughead thinks that he would not recognize him. And I, my guess is that he was around 15 when this happened. I think this, that this story that he was telling in the flashback happened when he was 15, around season one. I went back into my notes for that episode where he told that story, and I said he was around 15, so I'm gonna stay with my own canon like that. Alright. I also, he didn't have a beanie or a hat on in the scene where he was warming his hands by the fire, but then he had a beanie from then on, so I'm gonna say that Doc gave him that beanie. I love that you're giving this so much more depth than the writers did. Well, here's the thing, is that later he's like, oh my gosh, you recognize me? And Doc is like, not at first. So my headcanon is that he was like, oh man, this poor kid, he needs a hat. Puts a hat on him that looks just like the crown. Oh my god, Jughead! Oh my god. Bye. That's what I think happened. Cole Sprouse? Cole Sprouse? So Jughead says that his name is Henry. I don't know what made him choose that name. Henry Gale. From Minnesota? Yeah. Hmm. I'm like, because usually when they choose names like that, they have a reason. But probably not. Again, they would be writers who actually care. Yeah. These writers do not care. So he said he had a bad trip. He was in and out for a while, and now he's here. So he tries to leave, but he's too weak, and that's the end of that scene. What is the point of this storyline? I... Just to show what Jughead's doing? It's very short. It's weird. So then... He falls asleep again, basically, and then he wakes up again, and Doc is getting beat up again. But this time, instead of last time, he does something, and he goes and, like, beats up the guy who is beating him up, and then he immediately passes out because he's weak. Because from being sick. Sure. So then, again, in the morning, he comes out, and I just wanted to say how much I loved his S shirt, because Jughead in comics canon and in this canon, he's always wearing a shirt with an S on it. And I don't know why I never considered that they should just do a Superman shirt, but they finally did it, and I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner, and I love it. Honestly, the CW cross promotion is getting out of hand. Yeah. There was, like, <laughs> so many superhero references this, uh, Literally, this episode. Like, Lex Luthor, Superman, Batman. I was yeah. like, okay, we get it. Yeah. Greg Berlanti has you in a chokehold. Yeah. Calm down. So, Doc keeps talking about, like, the antibiotics that he needs, and that he went to get his friend to go get him some, and so he said while he was out, they gave him antibiotics. Sure. Sure, whatever. Um, and he's, so I guess now he's healed and he's fine. Again, show, don't tell. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, did I kill the guy that was hurting you? And he was like, no, you just knocked him out. I put him on a corner somewhere. Someone will find him. That's literally what he said. This is so stupid. And he's like, okay, you should go home. And he's like, well, I got to figure out like the blocks in my brain because there's a, there's a mystery of what happened to me. I I have images, delusions, memories. I need to figure out what happened to me. I'm like, Um, you were abducted by aliens next. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, by the way... I'm Jughead. And he's like, what? But he knew. He totally knew. And so Jughead says, hey, now that you know that I'm Jughead, sorry I didn't do anything when you got beat up like 10 years ago. And he's like, clearly I get beat up all the time. And also you were very little and it's okay. No, I didn't expect you to to come and defend me as a 15 year old. Yeah. Like you were literally 15. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, go figure yourself out. And Jughead says, I'll come back to visit you sometime. And... Yeah, I genuinely thought in 
this moment at the very end here that he was going, it was going to be revealed that Doc was dead and that he was talking to a ghost, but they didn't. I feel like that would have been, like, way cooler than just this random trip down memory lane for Jughead for no reason. Yeah. So then Jughead calls Tabitha, which I, I have some notes about it in the end of the Betty and Tabitha storyline. Mm-hmm. Basically, he calls Tabitha and says, I'm going to New York, and he hitchhikes with, like, a big, 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 big truck. truck. And does he not know? Like, Betty told him, right? Like, he would know. Yeah, he but isn't it only women? I guess. Ugh. God, can you imagine just being, like, a man and being like, oh, I'm not worried about it because it's just women. You know what I mean? The yep. bulletproofness of of having a dick. I just, like, or of being, like, male presenting. Yeah. I I just feel like even if it was just men who were going missing, I would still be scared. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but yeah. that's because you're a logical person. Mm. Yeah, and it's also because you're a woman. Yeah. That's the Jughead storyline. Thanks, it was really weird. It was really weird. I yeah. didn't enjoy it. And... Weird still, the Cheryl storyline, which I also Ew, did a summary for. You know what? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Pass. They were like, you know what we should do? Destroy Cheryl's character even more. Yeah. God. So Penelope tells Cheryl and Nana Rose about the ministry she started while she was in prison. She also says that the cops won't come for her because she was basically being let out on parole. Sure. That's She's how that works. Yeah. Then She's why? Cool. You, you don't get parole if you just leave. One of, <laughs> uh, one of my notes down here is she's just like, well, I was up for early parole. I'm like, well, were you granted early parole? Because you need to, the, you know, there are some things that need to happen before. Okay. Whatever. She's going to hold services twice a day in the house. Cheryl goes to a service and sees that Penelope is using Jason as their deity type thing and saying that he was a sacrifice that the island demanded so that she Stop. could do this. Cheryl's disgusted by that, but then she goes and sees Jason's corpse, which she apparently rescued from the flaming pyre on Sweetwater River, and a little red bird visits her, which tells her that Jason is watching over her. And that's awesome, but doesn't mean that she should join Penelope's ministry. Or keep his bones. Yeah. They sing a really weird song, and Cheryl sees a vision of Jason, and welcome to another season of Cheryl being crazy. Lame. I am honestly sick of this. I wish that Carol- Carol. Cheryl had- character development at some point. Yeah. But she everything got they keep. do with her is unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. So first scene, um, Penelope walks into Cheryl and Nana Rose just like sitting around talking. And I guarantee that they just told Madeline to just say whatever, just to start the scene, just be like, Oh, you're having a conversation with Nana Rose. Just say something. Um, and she said, well, you are illegally senile. <laughs> That's cute. I like and that okay. is what she said. Penelope comes in and she calls them sisters. James um, Charles. Yeah. Goodbye. Uh, but they're your daughter and your mother-in-law, but I think it's supposed to be, like, a nun it's thing, right? It's yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So she says that she started a ministry and that this town needs it. Uh, they're gonna have two services a day. I would immediately be like, no thank you to random people in my house. Right? No. Mm-mm. But thanks so much. And Cheryl's like, hey, shouldn't you be hiding in the walls again from the police? And she's like, no, I was up for early parole because of my spiritual work. And I'm like, like I said, were you granted parole? Because there's some paperwork that needs to be no, done. No, she definitely wasn't. No. So she's like, we need money. We don't need some fake religion. And she's like, oh, don't worry. We're getting money. We're getting- Well, there's no better extortion- Like It's prosperity religion. Yeah. Like, this is- She's like, we're tax-free. She's gonna be the next Joel Osteen. Just give her time. And I'm like- Girl boss. I wonder if this is part of them- (laughs) not girl boss. (laughs) I wonder if this is part of them, like, praying away the wind at the end of last episode. Yeah. Because it ended up working, which was weird. Um, Oh, yeah, when they were like, hey, these two are witches. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to rebuild Riverdale, but its soul needs to be saved. She's saying this to her congregation. Sure. And she, I just think there are way too many people here. Um, I, I There's no way that they're all convicts. Get out of my house. Um, where did these people come from? 
I, I don't mean, know. everyone in Riverdale is kind of looking for something to believe in, right? Yeah. So she starts talking about, like, sweet water and stuff like that. As soon as she said sweet water, I knew we were talking about Jason. I'm like, Obby. I gotta tell you, I'm so sick of the Jason thing. Yeah. He's dead? It's been years? Your co- His corpse is in your closet? Mm-hmm. Like, just let him Go stay there. I'm begging. Yeah. Like, these writers don't know how to do anything but just have, have Cheryl obsessed with her brother. I definitely agree that I want her to do something else. I have come around on the fact that it's funny now that Jason is... Because before it was annoying. I'm annoyed. And now I think it's funny that All he's right. back again. I think that Trevor Steins can come on as many times as, he's want, as he wants as long as he never says one thing. <laughs> I just think it's so stupid. Like, these writers are so lazy. I think part of it is that they want, like... To be able to anchor the show in season one, and it's gone so far away from what season one is, that they're like, what is one thing we can keep bringing forward from season one? Jason, I guess? But it's like, why anchor it there? Yeah, I don't know. You don't I need mean, to. pick anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... All the characters are still here. Yeah, exactly. Well, not all of them. All the alive ones. I'm talking... Uh, who are you okay. thinking about? I'm thinking about FP. He's dead to me. Oh, that's fair. Skeet, you quit your job and then a pandemic happened. How do you feel about that? I think that Jason, I don't care anymore. Jason could come back as many times as he wants as long as he doesn't say anything. However, good God, let his body rest. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. Bury him. The stuff they do to that corpse is messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So Penelope says that Jason was a sacrifice and like so that we can fix Riverdale. So, okay, please give us money so that we can keep this up. He was a sacrifice from like eight years ago? Yeah. Nine years ago? Mm, yeah, like it's almost terrible. 10. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, he's been when sitting... you sacrifice him before the town even goes to <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's been sitting in that chest that Cheryl had him in for like for the seven years. Like, good God! Like, did she have him embalmed before? And is he just like straight up bones now? He like, was like skeletal. But like my, oh, thi- it's so gross. It was gross. I'm just like, if I died. Feel free to mourn me uh-huh. as long as you want. Yeah. But, like, put my body to rest. Are you sure you don't want to keep me, you don't want me to keep you as, like, some weird pet? I'm not in there anymore. It's true. You know what I mean? I'm gone, girl. I'm gonna yeah. say that's true. I'm out. Please turn me into a tree. If anything, if you keep my corpse, I'm gonna be super mad yeah. at you. So, I think my main question from this storyline, to be honest, is what the name of the ministry is. What it, did they not say? I not that I know of. I didn't notice them saying anything. Uh, I want to know what it's called so that like we can say the farm instead of having to say Penelope's ministry. You know what I mean? Or like the yeah, yeah. new religion thing. I want to know what it's called. It's like a red church or something. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, it's gonna be called like the Scarlet Church or the Crimson Church or something the like that. Crimson Tide. Yeah. I hate it here. And so Cheryl's like, "Hey, I noticed that you're taking people's money and manipulating people using Jason's memory, and I don't love that." And Penelope's like, "No, I'm not." The thing is, Penelope's crazy always works. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they present Cheryl as a sane person. Yeah. And then they get your hopes up, and then they do this, and you're like, okay. Exactly. They're like, see, in this scene, Cheryl's the everyman. And I'm like, Cheryl's the never the everyman. Ever. Well, she should be, though. Yeah. I know, but she isn't. So why are you trying to convince me? (laughs) And so she's like, Mom, no, there is no heaven. There is only darkness. I wish I believed in more than that, because I used to think that I was talking to Jason and convening with actual Jason, but your cruelty ruined that, and now I have no faith. Penelope is like, oh, wow, I was a really bad mother. Maybe I should re-examine my actions. And then she doesn't. <laughs> no, not at all. And she's like, there's a realm where maple syrup flows in rivers. And I was like, wait a second. Up until now, I thought Penelope was full of crap, and she was just trying to manipulate people. But until the moment where she was like, Cheryl, I was like, wait a second. 
I think she believes in this. Have we oh, done God. the whole weird cult thing? Yeah. Unfortunately, like, we've already like done several this. times. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm grateful that Chad Michael Murray isn't here, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but you know they have to bring in some man, though. God. But Clifford and Claudius are both dead, so I don't know who's going to be. The ghost of third, Hal Cooper. A third uh, Blossom Ugh. triplet. Oh, God. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. So Penelope's like, don't you want to believe in something? And she's like, sure, but not if you're there. Yeah, <laughs> Dragger. So then she goes to see Jason's body that she has in some sort of chest that she rescued from the river. God, he was almost free, you know? Like, the desecration of his body is actually horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care that we keep seeing him anymore. I don't care. But for the love of God, put his body to rest. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird that she's so obsessed with keeping her brother's body as, like, a pet. At this point, I would be, like, if if Jason truly is watching down upon you, I don't know that much about Jason. I've never heard him speak in my life. But... If it was me, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, leave that alone. Like, that was my, that was my actual body. That was my body. And you're treating it badly. Please just like, put it somewhere. Yep. So then she goes and she sees it and then she puts it away and she's like, sigh, I'm thinking about Jason. And then she sees a little red bird that comes to her and it's like a sign that he's there and he's watching over her, which like, is totally like, you know, a real thing seeing signs Mm -hmm. like that. Like, I, I mean, same things happen to me. Does that mean that you should go and join your mom's crazy church? No. Not in my opinion. I feel like that's Jason constantly trying to save Cheryl from insanity and Cheryl just learning the opposite from it. Like that vision she sees of him, there's no way that, like, that's not, that's all in her head 150. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because if if it was real Jason, real Jason would be like, stop. (laughs) Real Jason would be like, please. Yeah. Please. I'm not a puppet. Right. So Cheryl's, like, totally in now, so she sings, like, a super weird song with Penelope, and the- one of the lyrics she sings is Flames High, which totally makes sense with my fantasy, because (laughs) she, uh, has committed arson. So true. Flames are red. Like, Mm -hmm. flames make sense with her. Red stuff. So the song is called Walking in Space from Hair the Musical, and my first thought was, are they telling us the musical that they're doing right now? I don't think so. I, uh- who was it? Was it you who said, uh, Sam? Was it you who was like, why would they do a I don't, song? Yeah, I don't think yeah. they would waste a song from the musical uh, mm-hmm. before they got there. Yeah. And none of us know the song. Uh, like, none of us knew the song when we were watching it. Um, so we just thought, uh, this is very strange and weird. I grabbed some stuff off Wikipedia about the musical. Uh, the work the musical, Mm -hmm. reflects the creator's observation of the hippie counterculture and sexual revolution of the late 1960s, and several of its songs became anthems of the anti-Vietnam War peace movement. The musical's profanity, its depiction of the use of illegal drugs, its treatment of sexuality, its irreverence for the American flag, and its nude scene caused much comment and controversy. Okay. So I looked up more things about it. It's literally the part of the musical at the beginning of Act 2 where they are tripping on hallucinogens. So it makes sense that they are singing it while Betty and Tabitha are doing that. Yeah. Um, not really sure why Penelope and Cheryl are singing it other than they, like, are... Their faith is their drug or whatever, you know That's what I mean? That's the thing. I was like, where are you getting this from? Are you just acknowledging that your church is insane? Mm-hmm. And she's literally drinking the Kool-Aid because she's got, like, this red liquid that she's getting everybody to drink. Exactly. Um, And so we just got another season of Weird Cheryl. When I went and watched a clip from the actual musical, like, I went on YouTube and I found a clip of the actual musical of this song, I was like, this is lovely. Yeah. But on Riverdale, it was really weird. It's horrifying. I think my problem is that it was not a super, super well-known song. 
And so instead of us being like, oh, I see what's happening here. We were just like, what? Because the lyrics are really weird and they're singing it weird. And Mm -hmm. like in reference to the actual musical, when I watched the clip, I was like, this makes total sense. It sounds like a beautiful song. It's like with this giant chorus and stuff. I was like, this is great. But then I rewatched it on Riverdale and I was like, yeah, this just ain't it. Yeah. It's just a terrible execution. And they thought it would be cool because uh, shrooms, I I guess. guess. Sure. Like, Riverdale constantly comes up with good ideas and then just falls right on their face. Mm-hmm. It, they waste them every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was weird. Um, And then Cheryl sees a vision of Jason in all red and, yeah. Uh, sure. Whatever. Trevor Steins can stay, like I said, as long as he never says anything. The, the day that Jason says a word, I will quit this show. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. I'm bluffing. What? Um... That's the Cheryl storyline. Two super short storylines to, to start us off with. But before we move on, let's talk about Patreon. Okay. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Um, If you like what we do here, I hope you donate. That would really be great. We have a couple of different tiers. It is a monthly donation. Um, One dollar... A month gets you early access to all of the podcasts. Our other podcasts go up a whole week in advance. This one goes up a day in advance. Um, and a lot of people think that that is really worth it for weekly shows like this. $2 gets you access to our Discord server where you can um, watch live with us. This this episode we watched live and commented in our Discord server with other people who were watching I didn't live. know we were doing that. Yeah. If we do that next week, I want to be there for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not always in the Discord because I'm, I'm an extreme introvert and I get nervous, but... I want to do that. Yeah. Um, so we did that this week if you guys want to join. Um, that's at $2 level. And you can also hit us up for fun facts at the beginning of the episode if you want. There's mm-hmm. lots of stuff. You get special treatment in the Discord server. <laughs> um, $5 a month gets you um, 10% off at choppylux.com, which is where me and Brittany sell our various wares. It's true. Mm. $10 gets you access to our Patreon-only podcast, which is called Okay, Love You, Hi! And those uh, are around 45 to 50 minutes, and it's bi-weekly. Um, so not only do you get two podcasts a month for $10, but you also get all the things underneath it. So I definitely think that it's worth it. We love some Me perks. too. Yeah, and uh, also if you're on the Discord server, which you could be if you were a $10 don- donor, you definitely would be on the Discord server, um, you can also recommend topics for us to do Oakley episodes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be great. If you can't help us out on Patreon, check out ShoppyLux.com. That's another way that you can help us out and get something cool. Uh, and, but if you can't do any of those, recommend us to a friend. We'd really appreciate it. Um, you can recommend this podcast or any of our other podcasts that we're going to talk about in the outro. Even if the friend that you recommend it to is you. If this is the only <laughs> one that you listen to, maybe check out one of our other ones. We would appreciate that. It's uh, mostly more of this. Yeah. But um, sometimes smarter. And sometimes dumber. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, you, this is uh, this is probably the dumbest one. All right, so now we're going to be doing the Tabitha and Betty storyline. All right, Sam did the summary for the Tabitha and Betty storyline. Yes. I don't mind talking about the Tabitha and Betty storyline. Am I looking forward to talking about the Varchi storyline? Not really, but we had to put it last because it was so large. It's large, but I gotta tell you. Not a lot happens. Nothing happens. All right, here we go. <laughs> At the truck stop, Betty does some spying while uh, shucking some smart food uh, product placement. Uh, It's delicious. When she gets a call from Tabitha. Tabitha's worried that she lost track of Jughead while he was on shrooms, and now she can't find him. Betty tells her that this isn't unusual for Jughead, but promises to come by Pops the next day and check in with her nonetheless. 
As soon as Tabitha hangs up, a man with a gun comes in and pops and starts demanding all the money in the cash register. Tabitha starts off being complicit, just asking the guy not to hurt anybody, but immediately uses the distraction of someone walking in to just knock the guy out. The next day, Tabitha explains what happened with Jughead and explains that he was really kind of an asshole about both her and Betty. She thought she had him cuffed and that he couldn't get away, but he snuck out and hasn't been back. Betty thinks that he really shouldn't be their responsibility anymore, but she promises to help Tabitha anyway. At the bunker, they find Jughead's phone, laptop, and manuscript. They decide to read the manuscript to see if there are any clues for where he might have gone. While they're reading, Betty asks where he got the shrooms, and Tabitha tells her they were from his ex, Jessica. They call her and decide to see if she has any leads. She's heard of Betty, and she has a lot of questions about her. She says she'll come help them look tomorrow, and that Jughead owes her $500 anyway. <laughs> The next day, they go check out where Jughead has been staying, which I think is Archie's basement. It's an absolute mess. Jessica said that what she gave him shouldn't have triggered a psychotic episode and asks if he was taking anything else, but the girls don't think he was. Betty says they should check the school, and Jessica is looking pretty intently for something and says that the girls should take her to the bunker next. There, Betty finds out that she's looking for the manuscript, but she doesn't give it to her for some reason. Jessica says that if this were was where Jughead tripped, then they should do it too, and Betty and Tabitha are like, uh, pass? <laughs> <laughs> Jessica says she'll go just go back to New York and look for him, but it's a long way, and they should totally go grab food at Pops first. Her treat. At Pops, they all call each other out on their Jughead-related faults. Betty's super defensive of her own actions, though, re-Jughead, and plays them the voicemail he left before the release party. It's, uh, pretty awful. Jessica says she cared about him when they were together, but they weren't good for each other. Tabitha then realizes it's a little hot in Pops, and then Jessica's like, hey, so I totally put shrooms on the french fries... Uh, and then now she feels bad about it, but, um, they're high, so we can't undo that. She says she was just gonna take the manuscript from them, and they're like, why didn't you just ask for it? And she's like, I have PTSD from, uh, being in an abusive relationship with Jughead. She takes them back to the bunker so they can have a safe trip, and they give her the manuscript because they don't care that much, and apparently she needs it. <laughs> they're like, we've already read it. I don't- Like, sure. It's not good. Yeah. Betty and Tabitha trip while we have to be subjected to some really weird cover of an out-of-context song, and uh, at least they seem like they have a nice time. I sure didn't. (laughs) It does look like it was really fun to film, though. Yeah. So at least there's that. When they wake up the next morning, they feel like they slept for ages. Betty remembers that she gave Jessica the manuscript, and Tabitha tells her she also played them the voicemail, but says that it's a secret between friends. Tabitha says she's really impressed with what Betty's doing for the missing girls, and then realizes she has a voicemail from Jughead. He says he's fine. He's going to New York to face his demons. Okay, bye. All right. <laughs> so anyway, this was stupid. <laughs> all right. So first of all, I still don't believe that Betty can drive a 14-wheeler. Yeah. I just don't believe it. No, I, you need a license for that. There's no way. And she, like, confidently, I don't, whatever. Anyway. So first of all, earlier this season, we got Dorito sponsorship. Then we got Tostito sponsorship. And now we have Smart Food sponsorship. So lots mm-hmm. of snacks, which I appreciate. Um, it's really evolved from CoverGirl makeup since season one. The CW is just and, a snack front. And then in season two, <laughs> Love, Simon. <laughs> oh my god. god. That was horrible. I think, I'm pretty sure that I like that episode ultimately, but that one storyline that, like, where Cheryl, like, actively describes a scene in the movie, I was like, oh god. I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, did y'all make Cheryl gay as product placement? <laughs> <laughs> So Betty's taking notes on some, like, random truckers. Tabitha calls, needs her help because Jughead is gone. Um, And Betty's like, well, sometimes he just leaves, dude. But, okay, sure, like, I guess I'll help. And so after she hangs up, Tabitha immediately gets robbed. I 
I understand why everyone moves away from Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah, Riverdale sounds like it sucks. Yeah. Um, and also the dude who comes in is not even wearing a mask. He literally was like, yes, this is I, and I'm stealing your money. Okay, see, you know how I know that our society is broken? You said he's not even wearing a mask, and I was like, ugh, what an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably not even vaccinated. Definitely I mean, not. Probably. So she knocks the guy out because I think Penelope walks in? She was wearing all red. I'm pretty sure it was Penelope. It looked like Penelope. I yeah. also, that's what I wrote, but then I wasn't sure, yeah. and I didn't want to say Penelope in my in summary, and then Robin be like, um, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Sometimes I be doing that. It's true. You are an um, actually. So, for example, um, actually, I think Jughead's living in Archie's garage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why did Penelope go to Pops? There's no payoff for this. I have no idea. I generally think they were like, which actor is available to walk into a scene? Nat. Okay, Nat. <laughs> she come on. out of the house? I know. She like goes and she's like, oh my god. What's his name? Jeremiah? <laughs> from jail? Oh my god, Jeremiah from jail? Hey, we went to jail together. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh. God. Okay, so now you're on the ground. Um, Are you okay? Oh. Well. So... Betty gets caught up on what's going on. Tabitha explains it to her. Tabitha, who does not even seem phased by the fact that she was recently robbed, uh, or almost robbed. I think Tabitha has seen some crap. Yeah. And she's like, I was gonna stay with him, but I didn't really want to because he called me, he like tried to hit on me and then called me a Betty, so I didn't really want to stay because yeah. it was like gross vibes, so I guys, left. Guys, Respect I gotta that. tell you, I don't care about any of the bughead drama. Yeah, yeah, I'm me just like, either. Okay, whatever. I was honestly really excited to at some point hear the voicemail, and I'm actually really glad that they played the voicemail this episode mm-hmm. instead of waiting until the end of the season. Because I know that if they had waited till the end of the season, there's only so much suspense you can build up with a voicemail. You know what yeah. I mean? And so if they had waited until the end of the season and it had been this, like, it's good for the middle season. I was like, ooh, that is a scathing voicemail. But if they had waited until the very end of the season, just I would have been like, this, so that was a mean voicemail. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, that's it. Yeah. So, like, I'm happy that we finally got the voicemail and that it was now instead of the end of the season. Yeah. So, after she says that he called her a Betty and said that she was basically a buzzkill, ouch, uh, Lily, and I say this all the time, Lily is such a good actor. Um, yes. She yeah. has such a good moment of her being like, well, uh, pff, uh, okay. <laughs> she does so many little micro expressions. They're very good. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, well, sorry that happened, but he should not be our problem because he's an adult. Yeah. And also he treats you both like crap. Yeah. And she's like, but you seem worried about it. So I guess I'll help you anyway. Um, because I didn't really help with Polly. I didn't take Polly seriously. And then it got worse. So I'm not going to do that again. We're going to do it. We'll figure it out. But also like, are they not at all worried that like the whole town is crawling with criminals right now? Right, exactly. No, they don't care. So they go down to the bunker. Jughead left his phone in there, and they are going to read the manuscript, even though it's going to be cringy. And I'm like, babe, this episode is cringy. This show is cringy. (laughs) We're not afraid of a little cringe. Just lean into it. Yeah. So they're, like, going to read it just in case he mentions something or someone important. Now I have a question for you both. Sure. Would you rather, if you each get half to read the manuscript, would you rather have the front half or the back half to read? Back half. Why? Where all the good stuff is. The plot's just getting started in the front half. But you don't know any of the characters or any of what's going on or any of the context. Well then, no. I still stand by what I said. Okay. I'll figure it out. I choose front half because I, because if I want to read the back half, if I like it and I want to read the back half, then I can. Yeah, I also think that, but um, if I'm just doing, like, specifically for Jughead's book, right. I would probably want the back half mm. because he's probably got some boring 
boring exposition. You know what? That's fair. But I, and, and he's also getting higher and higher by the time he yeah. gets back to the back there. I feel bad that, like, he apparently wrote most of his other book like this, or he writes some books like this that are actually, like, good or something, I guess. Um, because Betty's like, this is gibberish. Later she's yeah. like, this, it's bad. It makes no sense. It, like, so, like, if you want it, I guess you can have it. So I'm just like, what was different when you did this successfully? Right. Yeah. I don't Probably- know. Yeah, because he's doing mushrooms both times. Yeah, he said that it, it, this has worked for him before, so I don't know. But they're reading it, and she's like, what is this even about? What is he getting? Mothmen? Mole people? Where is he getting this from? It's a mess. Mole people? Yeah. Which I think was from, oh, well, what did they name him? Lerman Logan? Oh, God. Oh, Lerman. not Lerman Logan! Yeah, they named Lerman Logan. Uh, Lo- yeah. No, just lean Something. into it. Yeah, whatever. That That's his fault. Um, so they talk about how he got the drugs from Jess, and then she's gonna call her using Jughead's phone. He has the same password seven years later. I'm so excited to talk to you about Jughead's phone. Okay, talk to me about Jughead's- oh, right. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, because you know who I am, and through all five seasons of this show, I have looked at the papers that they have, mm-hmm. I've looked at the phones. Bitches love details. I love a detail. I love a detail prop. Mm-hmm. This is the worst phone I've ever seen in my it's whole life. It's a mess, mom. Drag it! She opens it up, and this is the most- Factory reset piece of crap I've ever seen in my entire life. That is the most boring prop home screen I've ever seen. It was horrible. It's like everything was just there the way you get the phone from Telus or yep. whatever. I was so disappointed. I was like, seriously, come on, give him a background at least. Like, yeah. geez. I did notice that he has the podcast app. And so I was like, I wonder what podcasts he listens to. Probably this oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> this one, yeah. And I also noticed, which is how I know that it is literally just whatever you get from the phone when you first get it. Okay. Is that he has the Apple Watch app on his first page of his home screen. Okay. You're telling me that Jughead has zero dollars. No, sorry. Jughead has like negative $3,000, probably more. And he has an Apple Watch? No. If you don't have an Apple Watch, you don't have the Apple Watch app Mm-mm. on your front page unless you don't know how to change your front page. Yeah. That would be amazing if he didn't, though. I don't believe it, though, because he is on his laptop all the time. Yeah, that's true. You know? You got me there. I'm very pu- I'm very pissed about this prop phone screen. I think they did poorly. <laughs> Honestly, I support you being pissed about Thank this. Thank you so much. And so Betty still remembers what his passcode is, and Tabitha kind of seems sad about that, because it seems like she probably still kind of has feelings for Jughead. Um, and so she calls Jess, and is talking to her, and she's like, oh my god, is this the Betty? You're famous. <laughs> and Betty's like, I would rather die. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Diner Girl was supposed to watch him, and Tabitha's like, mm, Diner Girl. Diner Girl? She's like, I guess, he, I guess she never learned my name, so I don't know, I guess that's fair. Um, but she's just an amateur girl. that she couldn't get a hold of him. Um, so she's gonna come down to Riverdale to help find him, and she's like, uh, okay then, and Betty's, like, kind of curious to meet her, probably because, like, she's the main person that he dated after Betty, and so she's kind of interested to see, like, what's going on. Yeah. So, Jughead's been living at Archie's house in the garage, I guess, that's what I thought it was, um, I think, and that makes sense to me because he, like, hung out a lot in the garage in, like, the earlier seasons, too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it definitely makes sense, I'm just like, Where's the jalopy? Where's that hangout? We don't usually see the garage during the day, so I definitely thought it was the basement. Yeah. I think, like, the only scene that I have in my mind about the garage is, like, early season one, like, 110, when Jughead hung out here during the party, the birthday party that he didn't want. Mm -hmm. And then, like, he and Fred 
and FP and Archie hung out in there sometime in season one, too, I think. So Jess is there now, and she says that she their old apartment used to be grosser. Like, it used to be messier. Yeah. And I'm like, why did why? you live like that? Like, it, you didn't have to. She says that the drugs that she gave him should not have made him, like, go crazy. Um, but he wasn't taking anything else as far as they understand. Um, I do love all of Jughead's, like, exes. I know that he didn't really date Tabitha yet, but I love that all his, like, love interests are coming together to talk about him. Like, I think that's funny. Yeah. It is, because yeah. he's he's literally, like, a baby who needs to be minded. Yeah, exactly. And, and so it's all like, of these women are coming. it's as funny as it is absolutely pathetic. Yeah. yeah. So I like seeing this sort of, like, mystery investigator side of Jess, because she was so, like, one-dimensional when we first met her, and so it's nice that they're bringing her back, because, like, she has to be like them. She has to be like Betty, like Jughead, like Tabitha, or else Jughead wouldn't like her. Yeah. So it makes sense that she's, like, kind of his type, because she's a writer, too. So I just like that they're, like, bringing more of her into it. That's actually a really good point. Like, of course she would be like them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're like, okay, where else could he be? So they head to the school. They don't find anything in his desk. They don't find anything in the teacher's lounge or under the stairs where he used to live. And I'm like, Betty, didn't you once find a body under the stairs? (laughs) (laughs) And also Principal Featherhead was found under the stairs. Like, there's just been a lot of dead bodies under the stairs. Did Jughead ever learn what Alice said in Midnight Club that he was, like, Jughead lived under the stairs for, like, I don't know, like, a month or something without knowing that Principal Featherhead was, like, rotting in there there. for, like, a while. I guess that they cleaned it well. Thank you so much, um... Riverdale Custodial Department? Yeah, the one from season two. Oh, uh, S something. Yeah, I think it's S as well. What the hell was his name? People are yelling at us right now. Yeah. Riverdale Janitor... Svensson! Svensson! Thank you so much, Mr. Svensson. You did the Lord's work. So they're like, okay, well, we could go to the bunker, but we already looked there. And Jess is like, well, you don't know what to look for, so we'll just go back to the bunker. And they're like, oh, okay. So they get to the bunker, and she's like, ah, yes, this seems like a very sad spot. Yes, he would like this. <laughs> okay, she's right, though. Yeah. She is. I, I love that Betty and Jughead have spent so much time in this bunker together that Jess shows up and she's like, yeah, he'd like it here. If I was Betty, I'd be like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> if I was Betty, I'd be like vaguely threatened. I know he'd like it here. <laughs> <laughs> we had sex a lot in here. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, oh, what the heck? I can't find the manuscript. And she like, because she wants to read it. And yeah. they're like, we already did. And we don't know like what's wrong with it. It's like, <laughs> if, if, we don't we know don't what's know wrong with it. Like, it doesn't make sense. Um... But, like, it's, I would be so annoyed because, like, if that's what she's been looking for this whole time, I'd be like, you have been dragging me all over this town for something that's in my bag. Yeah. She's right. Just talk to me. She's right. So she's like, okay, well, how about we all also go on shrooms in the same place to retrace his steps? This and is such a random thing to come up with. <laughs> but then they end up actually doing it. I know. Without knowing. But she's like, okay, one sec. Absolutely not. We're not going to do no. that. <laughs> Betty and Tabitha are like, no. And I relate to them. They're like, hey, why is this girl trying to get everyone to take drugs? I don't love that about her. <laughs> yeah. I don't love that about her. And so Jess can tell that they're not into it. And so she's just like, let's swerve. Let's pivot. Let's figure out something else. Sure. You know what? I'm going to go back to New York because he might be doing that. Like maybe he's also going back to New York. Hey, and who knows? Weirdly enough, that is what he ends up doing. Yeah. Um, at the end of the episode. But she's like, let's get food first at Pops because I've heard so much about it. I gotta tell you, this girl is not subtle. I know, but she Mm-mm. like she she didn't eat at Pops, but she was there when, yeah. she, when she dropped off the mushrooms. And she says that she'll pay. It's her treat. And you know what? I couldn't respect that more, to be honest, because she's like, Jughead owes me $500, but I'll still buy all of you dinner. And yeah. I'm like, what do you got? Drug dealing. I know, but also like, do you have a, do you have a book as well? It has been drug dealing. 
months and months and months and months, but I will never stop bringing up the fact that at the beginning of this section of the show, after the flashback, mm-hmm. or after the flash, after the time jump. There you go. That that random girl that Jughead hooked up with was like, you have one week to read my manuscript. Oh my god, and, and then, then nothing happened. Yeah. I yeah, will never amazing. forget that. I will never forget that. Thank you so much for your Honestly, time. I think it would be absolutely incredible if nothing about that ever happens, yeah. ever. Yeah. Like, it's just a mystery to us forever. Yeah. That doobie Riverdale. I'll just never forget. So, no one's gonna know. Yeah. So Jess gets them fries. Tabitha's like, uh, I own the diner. I get food for free, but okay. And she's like, no, 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 I love splurging on new friends. And I'm like, oh, but you could have it for free, though. <laughs> It's the principle of the thing. Yeah, and that's, like, real cute, except uh, it would be sweet if I didn't know that you were drugging them right now. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, like, I didn't know if you, like, had a, like, huge agenda. I also noticed that Betty is drinking a chocolate shake now. If you guys remember Ooh, throwback. She switched her shakes. Throwback to, like, our season one podcasts when we were really tracking what flavor of uh, milkshake everybody was getting. Betty always got vanilla. We, so true. We that's always cared about this, and you know what? Mm-hmm. The show never did. Yeah. But I do love this moment where it's like a joking but like not joking thing between the three of them. Because Jess goes to Tabitha, don't leave people alone while they're tripping. And Tabitha's like, oh my god, I'm sorry. Like, people keep yelling at me about this, but I don't know. And Betty stands up for Tabitha and yeah. says, don't give people mushrooms when you know that they're delicate. She's right. So it's getting, it's getting like, ha ha ha, like, ha ha, we're joking. And then it like gets increasingly it less gets, like, joking. It gets like super serious. And then Jessica's basically like, okay, don't cheat on your boyfriend. <laughs> you're like, whoa! Uh, Ooh, then listen. we got out of hand here real quick. That listen. was seven years ago, queen. Listen. Yeah. She has a point. Yeah. So she's like, that's like Shakespearean treachery. And like I said, the title of this episode is Semi-A Shakespeare Reference. So I liked that mm-hmm. we brought up Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, okay, listen to this voicemail. And yay, finally the voicemail. Like I said, I already talked about how I feel about the timing of the voicemail. I'm sure. happy with it. Um, she said the voicemail was two years ago. And he's basically like, hey, you didn't come to my book thing. And I hate you and you're a bitch. <laughs> no, like, that's literally what happens, yeah. guys. Like, if you didn't watch the episode, that's the voicemail. Yeah. He literally is basically like, you cheated on me with my best friend. You're an evil bitch. And I'm like, yeah. he didn't lie. Yeah. And honestly, like, I didn't. I'm, like, honestly also happy with how the voicemail was. Like, I didn't, I, it's, like, almost exactly what I expected. It wasn't over the top. It was, like, realistic even. Like, yeah. I was pretty pleased with how, with what the voicemail ended up actually being. And I, I think that a lot of the things he said are maybe a little fair. I, low-key, he kind of spilled because, like, Betty and Archie did messed up stuff to them. Did yeah. he, did he say it great? No. But was he justified? Yeah. Yeah. And so Jess is listening to this and she's like, I was already living with him two years ago when he sent this. So it like hurts that he was like still hung up on Betty when he's like already living with me. Yeah. So that's interesting. So Jughead says that Betty found the person that would hurt both Jughead and Veronica the most. And I'm like, okay, but to be on the devil's advocate side. Oh, the devil doesn't need an advocate. She so true. already had feelings for Archie about it, you know? Like, she didn't go seeking Archie out because, like, I know the Jughead, like, sees it that way or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's why she says, like, he seems to paint himself as this innocent victim and stuff. Yeah. And I definitely agree that he was wronged. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Betty's had feelings for Archie longer than she had feelings for Jughead. That's true. You know, so it's not like she went out and she was like, hmm, who will hurt my Hon- friends the most? Honestly, she also, looking Archie intentionally screw Jughead over yeah. is what you're saying. But she did. Yes. Archie is also the bad guy here. Yeah. Like, 100%. Archie is possibly the one who, like, initiated it. Like, yeah. I, I, 
They're he's, both he's assholes. equally at fault. Yes. Like, yeah. My my thing about this, I think that he needs to be mad at both of them. Because I don't if this do you guys remember, I think in season four, when they staged the Barchi thing and Veronica, instead of getting mad at Archie got mad at Betty. Yes! Or, or no, sorry, the opposite. She got mad at Archie instead of getting mad at Betty. Yeah. Yes. And we were like, that's awesome. Don't blame the friend, blame the boyfriend, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But in this situation, since it's a, it's a, since it's the boy being wronged, we're like, yeah, being, like, he's like doing the exact same thing. He's getting mad at the partner rather than his friend. Yeah. And so it's like, they're both facing the consequences of their actions. Yeah. It's just like, I'm trying not to, have a double standard here, you know mm. what I mean? Because when it when it was the girl being wronged, we were like, don't be mad at the girl. But now when it's the boy being wronged, we're also still like, don't be mad at the girl. Or like, you know what I mean? I I, I think it's less don't be mad at the girl and more like be Blame mad at the, be mad at the person who actively like made the choice to be a cheater. Right. And if you don't know who that was, you should then probably be mad, be at, both mad at both of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so, like I said, Betty had feelings for Archie before she had feelings for Jughead, and, like, like it just so happens that everybody likes Archie, you know what I mean? Like, Jughead, you like Archie, and he's your friend. Veronica likes Archie because Archie's the best. I like Archie. Sorry we all like Archie, you know? We do, we do all like Archie. Mm-hmm. And so he says that she is a cold, fake, duplicitous bitch, and that's what he says, and that, and everyone will see it when they read the book. Good God. Again, I can't blame him for being this hurt. Like, I'm never going to sit there and be like, Jughead isn't justified for being angry. I don't know if we need to write it in the book. Oh, that's T. Yeah, he does not need to be writing that in the book. Yeah. Like, I guess write what you know, but, like, don't make everybody know that it's about your ex. Exactly. Like, that's just sloppy. Mm -hmm. Like, write whatever you want. Like, people write about their lives all the time. But, like, be, have some discretion, you absolute nutball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And don't write a book for revenge. Actually, you can write a book for revenge. So there is this composer named Jason Robert Brown. Okay. Um, and he wrote a musical. It's a beautiful musical. It's called The Last Five Years. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And it's a beautiful musical. It's really, really interesting. There's a uh, movie that came out like 23rd, no, 2014 or something like that, starring Jeremy Jordan and Anna Kendrick. But basically there's these two timelines in which, like, the timelines go backwards, and then they meet in the middle where the two characters get married, and then so the beginning happens where, from the girl's perspective, she's just been left, Mm -hmm. and from the boy's perspective, he's just meeting her, and then at the end, there's this beautiful duet in which she's just meeting him and he's leaving her. It's incredible. It's a beautiful musical. But he has been very open about the fact that he wrote it about his own relationship. And it makes him look bad. (laughs) And the man is not... The hero in that music. No, he's no. not. Like, I, and I, the funny thing is, I think he thinks he is. Yeah. Like, I think he thinks that people feel bad for him. Yeah. This is what it reminds me of, though, basically, that he's writing from his own experience. And they say, like, write what you know, but, like, not to the point, like, I think his ex-wife sued him over it and he had to change things about mm-hmm. it because of it, because it was too much. Go for and uh, I respect that. So. And so he's like, everyone will see that in the book. I can't believe you didn't come to my release, my launch release thing or whatever. And if I was Betty, I'd be like, cool, you wanted me to come to a book launch for a book that you slandered me in? And oh you're disappointed? God, right? Yeah, you're and you're mad I'm not there? Come? Interesting. Well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of your own action. Hmm. So Jess talks about how Jughead spiraled into destructive behavior and that they were both writers. They cared about each other, but it didn't work. And so she had to get out of there. Um, and good for her. Yeah, honestly. And she's like, so now that we've had this sweet moment, I do feel bad because I did drug you. 
Um, so sorry about that. Sorry. Instead of asking, I drugged you. And she says it's PTSD because Jughead would never let her see his writing and he would just like yell at her or whatever. So that's sad. Uh, but also we don't, we just, we don't drug other people. Yeah. We don't do that. No. Yeah. Consent is key, Jessica. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hey. Good advice, guys. Mm-hmm. We don't drug other people. We just don't do that. We don't. So she takes him to the bunker, and y'all are just leaving these lava lamps on while you're out? This seems reckless. But I'm also like, well, it used to be filled with candles that they didn't seem to blow oh. out, so I guess oh it's God, fine. I forgot about that. You know there's, what? The bunker's fireproof. There's <laughs> no way that there's any oxygen in that bunker. <laughs> there's not! The fire is eaten at all. So they're like, she's like, give me the manuscript, and they're like, dude, this manuscript sucks. I don't know why you want it. It's bad. <laughs> Um, so she wanted to steal the manuscript because she's scared that he would write bad things about her like he did for Betty and she didn't want her family to, like, hear about it or whatever. Aww. I'm sorry, it's f***ing, it's hysterical that the manuscript is bad. Yeah, that so she's like, yeah. it makes no she's sense. She's like, here you go, it's not very good. <laughs> so high Betty just gives it to her, and I think later she regrets it, but she's high, so she's like, here you go, which is exactly what Jess wanted. I mean, she has no other toys. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, okay, have a good trip, ride it out together. So they're singing the weird song and everything, we've got Bedatha. I don't know if that's what it's going to be. Babatha. You know what? I'm going to lie. Babatha. Babatha's good. I kind of was like, listen, I knew it was going to be queer baiting, but I was like, what if they kissed? <laughs> Unless. <laughs> well, they're like holding hands in the song and everything. I do have to say, I'm ten times more interested in this than Jugatha. Yeah, same. However, the internet's calling it Jabatha, and I just... I, oh, come on! Call it Jugatha. The J- Riverdale fandom can't name anything. Yeah. They named... They named... FP and Alice mm-hmm. Phallus. Yeah. Babatha is good because Betatha doesn't really work, but yeah. when Jugatha works. When Jugatha rolls off the tongue. You yeah. want to be able to use as much of everybody of each person's name as you can. Yeah. You know? Like Barchi, you have to do Barchi because there's not much of Betty you can put with Archie. Yeah. You know? Correct. Anyway. Like Betty's a hard name to mash up. Yeah. So you get a pass when you're sh- shoving Betty into something to yeah. just turn the first letter into a B. But you got Jug. Yeah. Jug is already a, what's a compound word, a Jughead. So you can just take one of it. You could call it Tabhead. Tabhead. But should you? No. Yeah, but should you? Mm. <laughs> but should one do so? Mm. Probably not. So at least <laughs> they're like doing these like big dances and I'm like, I don't think there's that much room in this bunker, but okay. So they wake up and they're like, it feels like we've slept forever, but probably not. And Tabitha says that she won't tell anybody about the voicemail that Betty played. She says it's a secret among friends. And I'm like, aww, unless. They're friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Tabitha says that she's going to help Betty with the missing girls now. Hello? This is way more interesting than Jugatha. Again, I'd like to see it. Yeah. So Tabitha also got a voicemail from Jughead, but it wasn't mean. I love that he called Ta- Tabitha, like, as as a secret Jugatha. That's his Shipper. partner in crime. It's very sweet that he called her. Yes, of course. And I was like, wait a second, how did he get out of the handcuffs? Do we still not know? And I didn't notice that his hand was bloody in all of these, like, other Jughead I also scenes. didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, I just didn't notice, but... I, to be fair, I'm not paying a lot of attention to, to Jughead. Yeah. But anyway, it does make sense. I'm not sure how he really, like, like even bloodying up your hand, how does it fit through the, I don't really know how that happened. So he's going to New York and he's hitchhiking in like this big truck. And I'm like, dude, you should know, you should know better than this. But I think it's really sweet because he's like, when we get back, maybe we can finish that dance. Ooh, because when they danced last episode, they kissed. So yeah, that is the Betty and Tabitha storyline. We sure did survive that. Yeah, so, uh... So basically, long story short, Betty and Tabitha dropped shroom. Yeah, but hopefully they're gonna kiss later this season. Alright, so Brittany did the uh, summary for the Varchie storyline. Prepare for this to suck. (laughs) Your summary? 
No, the storyline. The story yeah. line. <laughs> For some reason, Immaculate, please. Of course. Okay. That's why I was so confused. I, I was know. like, what? I know. But Don't Brittany, worry. everything you do is perfect. Thank you. So Archie Weatherby, Kevin, and special MILF guest star Alice, because <laughs> she never has a plot, so she's basically a guest star at this point, tour the trash school and decide it's going to take, like, I don't know, three months to fix it. So everyone's back to remote learning. Haha, <laughs> get it? Because of pandemic. It's three weeks. Whatever. <coughs> okay. Ronnie gets back to Riverdale and freaks out over some Ethiopian opal she bought, which has bad vibes because only people born in October should handle opals, but whatever. Also, did you ethically source that, Ronnie? I don't think so. <laughs> she needs the money for Chad's investors or whatever. I honestly don't care about a man named Chad. <laughs> anyway, Smil- Smithers tells her that Hiram's prison was let loose and Riverdale High was trash, so she goes to see Archie and ends up ruining his day even more by telling him that she didn't sign the divorce papers for quote-unquote illegal reasons. They can't be together until it's done. Great, I hate that relationship anyway. So Keller and Archie, who is a cop, I guess, try to get a felon to flip on his buddies. Darla rolls up on the jewelry store while Ronnie's showing off the opal to a buyer and they rob the place. I'm not that sad for Ronnie, to be honest. She opened up a jewelry store in the middle of, like, a deeply impoverished town. Anyway, Archin... Archin? <laughs> Archie Kevin? Archie? Kev-chi. Oh, Get out. Archfin. Anyway, so Archfin and Fangs... Karchi. Karchi? You know it'd be Karchi. Yeah. Okay, so Karchi and Fangs find out that Hiram put up a reward for the prisoners <laughs> that he let free. Putting Karchi together instead of Kangs is is Karchi. a crime. After what happened to them earlier this I know, season. that's why I'm saying. I think that's the new shit. Hurts my feelings. Anyway, so- Oh yeah, they have kissed. Oh yeah! yeah! You know what? New shit. Let's do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Archie's like, hey, Hiram, um, I need money to fix the school, so I'm gonna hunt down all your felons, and Hiram's like, <laughs> okay. Um, then he meets, uh, Hiram meets with Dooley, and they reveal that they've been in cahoots, even though we already knew that, but yeah. they were looking for palladium under the prison, and then Hiram was like, there was no palladium, and Dooley's like, that sounds fake, get me my money, and Hiram's like, you're gonna die for this, and he needs it. Ronnie calls Reggie to help her find her opal, he's like, no, I won't help you, I'm working off my dad's debt, except yes, I will help you. <laughs> And basically that whole scene was to tell us, um, Reggie's not there voluntarily. (laughs) Darla sneaks into the hospital in a really bad wig, disguised as a nurse, and kills the felon Keller was trying to get to Flip, and then she kicks the crap out of Keller, which seems kind of unrealistic because Keller's built like a tank, but whatever. Yeah. Uncle Frank is back to help Archie. Uncle Frank. Oh, Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank is back to help Archie catch the criminals alongside Fangs and Kevin, who can't find his dad. I'm sure that'll come back later. They're going to go hunt prisoners, and Archie and Ronnie accidentally run into each other, and Archie it gets conned into basically hunting down Ronnie's opal, which sucks because their relationship is garbage. Anyway, Ted or Ted and or Dodger, I don't care who, forces Hiram to make a phone call to Dooley to lure him to his office. Then Ted and or Dodger calls Ronnie from Hiram's phone to declare his dastardly plan, which is that he wants Hiram's palladium and he wants Ronnie to get it from him. Hiram refuses and Dodger shoots Dooley, which is a big loss. So sad. Anyway, Ronnie's excited that Dodger is there because she's more interested in her opal than her father, which is the first relatable thing she's done in a while. (laughs) So she's going to get the palladium, so she calls Archie in and they use the tools in his truck to bust the safe out of his office, and I'm just thinking maybe there's no palladium in there. Ted wants Ronnie to come with the safe alone, which he clearly isn't going to do, and apparently Ted knows the Ed Royale, El Royale, which, like, I don't remember. Anyway, I think, I think it's just because they fought there once. Yeah, so something. like he clearly knows all the ins and outs yeah, of the Yeah, he knows every he single, there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they make a plan to surprise them all, and they tell us about the plan, so like when it happens, we're like, oh, okay, so sure. This plot is somehow the least weird of the bunch, and it includes kidnapping and opals. <laughs> Ronnie delivers the safe and wastes 30 seconds by talking about her clothes. <laughs> 
Anyway, Archie, Frank, and the gang crash through the ceiling like they told us they would, and they subdue the dudes to some funky music. Archie discussed the fact that they still can't be together, and I'm like, neat, I still don't care. Also, Frank is probably going to get a full pardon from Dooley, which, who isn't dead. And hey, it just occurred to me that there were two people in the hostage scene with the, with the initials Double D. I typed that instead of paying attention to Archie because I don't care. Hiram visits Dooley and says he's not sharing his palladium. He needs it for his quote-unquote cause or something? Boy, what cause? Crime? Are you raising awareness for crime? And that's it. Well, maybe he's raising what awareness. Cause? Maybe he's raising awareness for that weird disease he had seven years ago that nothing happened. Oh with. my god! Remember when Hiram had a weird disease? Yeah. Anyway, don't they use palladium in phones? I think so. Yeah, I think we we definitely did research on palladium. Do I remember when that was? No, no. but it was a while ago. Okay, so I like genuinely think that they made the hiatus so long so that we would forget what happened at the beginning of the season, so they could just do random stuff. I fully believe that because this entire plotline makes no sense. And you know that they're bringing in Uncle Frank because they obviously can't have Luke and Molly Ringwald's And Molly Ringwald's busy, you know? So they have to I mean, bring in a parent figure for Archie. And so that's why Frank is back. I'm like, I don't care. I mean, I don't have a beef with Uncle Frank. I'm just like, oh, it's you again. Yeah. <laughs> I have an affection for the actor because he was on uh, Sanctuary. Mm. But other than that, I'm like, meh. I do be thinking... You're taking up screen time from Alice. So fair. So fair. I Any second that Alice is on screen, is not on screen, I am bored. It's yes. the worst. Yeah. So the school is completely trashed. It's going to take about three weeks to fix. Kevin, who has betrayed his family, doesn't have anything better to do than help Archie, so he's going to do that. And Alice talks about remote learning again. I'm pretty sure that COVID wasn't supposed to have happened in this universe because it's 2021 still or something like that. So, like, it's clearly... And in joke, like, and she and she delivers it like an in joke for the audience. Mm-hmm. But my question is, what is the in universe reason for this in joke? Just because the school was shut down still, like recently. When did they do a remote learning? Wow. Uh, whatever. It's an in joke. Yeah. But it doesn't. It's make an in joke with us, but not with the show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Veronica's back. All she cares about is this gem that we're literally just hearing about now that I... she will not stop talking about. And Smithers is still here. So thank God we still have Smithers. And she says, this is a blue opal from Ethiopia. If I still have, if I have to hear the word opal one more time, I'm going to throw up. It's a deep, this is a deeply stupid plot line. Yes. And it's you have horrible. Thoughts. I mean, my thoughts are that if you're sourcing opals from Ethiopia as writers, Say that they're ethically mined, at least. At the very least. At the very least. Like, other, otherwise, Veronica just looks like she's, like, a stealing bad from, a like, a native community in Ethiopia. Or and like contributing to, like, blood money. Yeah. Which is weird, because when Veronica says these sort of things, she usually does do that, you know? Like, they, they like to add words. They like to yeah. add adjectives and stuff like that. So it's, like, it's weird to me that they didn't do it when... Exactly. It would be more responsible for them to have done that. That's why I was like, is this going to come back at some point? That she, like, like, did something crappy. Yeah, Yeah. that, like, in order to quickly pay off the things, she did something deeply unethical. Mm. But, I mean, hey, maybe not. Because with this show, you never know. Right. I wonder if they could be doing that just because, like, she's trying to pay off debts. And so I'm like, how much money did you pay for this opal from Ethiopia if you can afford to then sell it a lot? And that's apparently a big profit, you know? Well... That's well. First of all, she's basically drop shipping an opal. Um, <laughs> but bas- that's the whole like concept of reselling is taking from people who are underpaid for their labor, mm-hmm. upcharging it, and then selling it to rich people. Yeah. Okay. So her buyer 
speaking of, is named Mr. Sand, and he's from Montreal. Mr. Sandman. And she wants to use the money from that to start paying Chad's debt. And Smithers has been trying to tell her what's going on with Hiram, but she's just not listening. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, now that we're done talking about that, um, Hiram's prison got messed up and ruined the school. And she's like, oh, no. So she goes to see Archie, and he's like, fine. And she's like, oh, by the way, I'm not divorced. I feel very bad for Archie. And I can't tell you anything about it for legal reasons. I, if I were Archie, I'd be like, so you're just playing games with me again, got it. Right, exactly. Like, I'm mad that he's not angrier that, from, for what happened last episode. I think Archie's expectations for Ronnie are on the floor. Yeah. Like, you can do better than Ronnie, mm-hmm. and Ronnie can do better than Archie in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're just not good for each other no. anymore. It was, it was cute in high school, mm-hmm. but you're both adults now and you have nothing in common. I always like to say, like, I don't have anything against Varchi. But my thing is, and we've been saying it for seasons, switch it up. It's so boring. God, in what world are you writing a show in which you're like, I'm going to make the same couple over and over, oh, just and, over and over and over, over again. again? Like, it's kind of, it's cute when it's, it's like a an, joke. Yeah, but it's cute when it's like an on again, off again thing for like someone who's like, I don't know, like older and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Like when it's like that, but like when they have so many other options. When, when they've ex- Alice. Exactly. But when they've explored other options that are more interesting and you keep coming back to this, I don't understand why. I, I just don't get it. I, you're, you're, all of your not getting it is correct. Yeah. I just like, I... I can't even begin to explain why they would do that. I just, like, Varchi is fine, but it's so old. We've done it already a billion times. It's old and it's boring. And, like, it's, it's, it's been the same thing seven years. I'm bored of it. Like, do, yeah. do a trick. It's been seven years and you're still just working with Varchi. And like, come on. And like, it's been seven years and they have nothing in common. That's why it was upsetting because like, even if you don't support Bargy, at least Betty and Archie being together was something different. At least it was exciting because it was different. And then so that's why it was so disappointing for them to just go back to to Bargy again. I just don't, like, in high school, they built a relationship. Mm -hmm. They, They, but now they've had several, like, years of very, very different lives. Mm hmm. And they're just different people who don't know each other very well anymore or yeah. care they about really the same don't. things. And the, like in the first place, they knew a lot about each other, but they did not in any way understand each other. Mm-hmm. Like they had completely different approaches to relationships, completely different worldviews. Like Ronnie's always going to be a scheming businesswoman, yeah. and Archie is always going to be like this um, idiot golden head. Yeah, you know, golden boy. Like the textbook definition of a paladin. He's he's a himbo. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You need to be able to grow with your show. You know what I mean? Uh, on Lost, uh, my one of my first OTPs of all time. Mm-hmm. I loved them forever. Mm-hmm. But then they had a time jump, and I was very easily able to understand and recognize that they are two different people now and I stopped shipping them because they are different now. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And they just, they don't work together anymore. Exactly. And that's fine because they're different people and they're, you know, character development. Yeah. But it's like all the character development they've done just brings them back together and it's like, let's, let's change it up. Let's do something else. It brings them back to the same uninspiring place, which drives me crazy because there's so many avenues on this show that have so much potential that they don't explore, mm-hmm. but they keep coming back to this same dull one, and I don't get it. Yeah. I think that it's so great- So anyway, I'm of Archie anti. <laughs> so I think it's great that Archie was like, okay, let's not date until you are. I appreciate Yay. that. I think that was yeah. very mature of him. However, 
My hope is that because he took too long, she, now that she's hanging out with Reggie, goes and hangs out with Reggie some more, and Reggie is willing to hang out to date her even though she's not divorced. I- Because <laughs> he's a bad guy. <laughs> I deeply, deeply want Veggie back. Yeah. Yeah, it was just so, it was more interesting. It, it is. is. Not to be a gossip, but aren't they back together in real life? I think. I think. Wow, jinx. <laughs> like, not to be an annoying little gossip, but. And Archie discovers he's into dudes. Yes. I've been waiting for it for my entire we life. We all know that the only reason Ross is writing Riverdale, period, is because he wants Archie to be into dudes. He wants And I'm just saying, we're all supportive. Yeah. yeah. I don't have do a problem it. with this. Just do a trick. Bring back Monroe. Listen, yeah. I would love for Archie to figure this out with Jackson. That's fine. But, like, ultimately, the first guy who really did it for Archie is Monroe. And I so truly true. believe that in so my soul. True. We sound so insane. <laughs> I am I'm willing to sound insane. It's Riverdale. This is a podcast. The, the show sounds insane. This is, what episode is this? 90 something no eight we're in the back 80s i think of no episodes and we have a podcast for every single one buddy i am not worried about sounding crazy (laughs) there's something deeply wrong with no context riverdale has fifty eight thousand followers because it's a it sounds insane Mm -hmm. i love it it's true yeah. They have 58,000 followers because Riverdale is a deeply incomprehensible show, yeah. whether it's in context or not. Exactly. So basically, Archie is like, I am too busy to kiss you anyway because I have to help Tom get the rest of these convicts. So he goes with Tom to the hospital and we are meeting the guy who held up Pops. Um, this is Jeremiah Peterson. And he's in the hospital because Tabitha broke a bottle on his head. But also, like, why did, why is Archie there? Because he wants to help round up the, the convicts. That plot hasn't been established yet. I think he's, he says that to Veronica that he's going to help Tom round up the convicts. Right. But then they go and say, oh, it's just, the motives are incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, I'm going to help round up the convicts. And then he goes and does that for five minutes. And then mm-hmm. he's not doing that. Mm-hmm. And then the news shows up and says, oh, I'll pay you money to round up the convicts. So then he goes and does it again. And I'm like, right. what was the point of this? Yeah, that's fair. So he's in there. He's He was in the prison five to ten years for... Two counts of armed robbery. Um, so he said, let's do some more. How about more armed robbery? Mm-hmm. What's a little crime between friends? So they're like, hey, Jeremiah, tell us where the rest of the convicts are. And he's like, most of them are gone. And they're like, well, tell us the ones that aren't gone. And he's like, I want a lawyer and also more medicine before I talk to anybody. You can't blame him. And that's what happens. That's it. That's, that's literally the mm-hmm. entire scene. So then Mr. Sands comes to see the opal. And another robbery occurs, and it's Darla and Dodger Dickinson come to steal Veronica's stuff. I just think it's ridiculous. Like, Jeremiah didn't wear a mask in Pops, and they show up. Veronica actively knows Darla and Dodger and can fully identify them, but whatever. You know what? No masks, just vibes. I'm sorry. Can we retire Darla? Oh my god, I'm so sick of her. I hate her, but I love her. You know? Yeah. She's horrible. But I hate her in a way, in not in the way that I hate, like, Chick. Or, like, Brett. You know, because they're fun. But every time Darla shows up, I'm just like, Again? (laughs) It's like they only have one villain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd rather have Penny back. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, like Brittany said, that's what you get for opening a jewelry store in Crime Town. I don't feel bad for you, bitch. I just don't. Yeah. And she actively remembers them from seven years ago, which I think is funny. She's like, hey, wait a second. Are you from Thanksgiving seven years ago? And I'm like, what do you mean the show's... 
literally recognizing that time has passed, but also it happened. Yeah. I thought you just graduated last year, but you married your husband five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. But you're also celebrating your one-year anniversary. <laughs> but also, Darla and Dodger look exactly the same. They have not aged seven years. Yeah, no. And they didn't even give them different hair. However, she's still way too young oh, looking you. to be his mom. She gets a wig. Yeah. yeah. Didn't and we look up and she's like the same age? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Fangs is also helping clean the school with Kevin and Archie. Personally, if I was Fangs, I would not want to hang out near Kevin, but honestly, Fangs is good guy Fangs all episode. Yeah. So on the TV, Julie says there will be rewards for people to bring convicts back. The the town formerly known as Riverdale, which I thought was funny. And also- That's a good little detail. And also local philanthropist Hiram Lodge, which also made me laugh. Local handsome douchebag, which is too much for the- Right, exactly. The broadcast. So they're like, oh, it's just a stunt to paint themselves in a good light. So let's go cash in because we need money to save the school. And so Archie goes to Hiram's office and visits to say that he's doing this so that he can get a list. And Hiram's like, no, okay, here you go, whatever. Okay, here's what I like about this, mm-hmm. though. He looks Hiram in the eye and says, you better have your checkbook ready. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That's my little king right there. Yeah. <laughs> And Archie's like, I was the leader of the Red Circle, so I can definitely get this done. The like, thing hello. is, I actually believe in that idiot. Yeah. yeah. I do. He has experience. Mm-hmm. So Archie leaves and Dooley's like, dude, this sucks. Like, I just want Palladium, not this. And <laughs> Hiram's like, oh my god, we don't have any. I don't know. Isn't and- that crazy? We went digging for it and it just didn't show up. <laughs> and so Dooley's like, I don't believe you, partner. And I'm like... Oh, because they're because they're partners in crime, or are they cowboys? They're, they're cowboys. They're both lovers and cowboys. They're cow lovers. <laughs> <laughs> We're unhinged. Incredible. Oh god. They're cow lovers. They're milk enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. I'm just gonna leave this podcast now. Farewell. I've had a good run. Anyway, what do you I always said I'd leave. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's Hermione up to? I'm excited to see her next episode. Not that she'll be playing Hermione, but I'm excited to see her anyway. Um, I was excited until I learned Marisol was a Scientologist, then I remember yeah. that. Now I'm like, ah! So then Dooley's like, you have 24 hours, and he calls him Donald. And I know that we heard that his name is Donald Dooley before, it but it's still so funny. But it's still funny. And Hiram's basically like, all right, look out there, bud, because there are some spooky people out there, so be careful. Ooh. Veronica asks Reggie to come and help her, and he's like, uh, I don't clean stuff up anymore. And she's mm. like, well, it's your fault that my stuff is gone, so you have to help me get it back. Not really sure how it's... His, it's not his fault. Like, it's kind of his fault because he helped the prison, like, helped there be... Helped the prisoners get out, kind of. Like, he was part of that plot, I guess, but that, I would definitely not put that just on him. You know how sometimes you think the writers are just looking for excuses to use characters because they know their actor contracts demand it? Yes. This is one of those. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So Reggie's like, I'm not a kid anymore. I work for Hiram to pay off money for my dad. And what I think that we should do is we should murder Marty so that you don't have to do this anymore. I agree. Yeah. I think Marty should have been murdered a while ago. Uh, so true. I can't stand Marty, and uh, I can't stand that he's basically sold his son. Yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. Free my, free my boy. Yeah. But I also think it's interesting because Veronica, without saying this to Reggie, is doing something very similar for Chad. She is trying to pay off someone else's debt as well. Like a family member of hers. Yes. Yeah. Free them both Mm -hmm. so that they can kiss each other. Exactly. So he's like, I can't be a good guy because bad guys pay better. What? Reggie and Chad kiss each other. No. Get out. Chadgy. I hate you. Chadgy. Red Chad. It's Chadgy. Rady? It's Chadgy. Where did the E come from? E. Reggie. Yeah. Anyway. So he's like, bad guys pay better, so I can't be a good guy. Um, and he does say that, but then he totally helps her. Uh, he literally, from sentence to sentence, says, the bad guys pay better, dot, 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 
but I'll, but I'll help, help you for old time's sake. I'm like, what was the point of this? Yeah. So just hopefully for Veronica and Reggie to get back together. So Darla's in a wig at the hospital and she doesn't want Jeremiah squealing about her and her family. So she's gonna murder him. And I guess she does. No, she totally does. Yeah. Yeah, he dies later. Yeah. And then um, Tom gets knocked out by like this tiny lady who's like maybe 100 pounds. So that's interesting. Yeah. Archie says that Mary is building Frank a case to get him out early. but if Show you, me, you bitches. <laughs> but if you help us uh, get these convicts, maybe it'll help even more. Um, Fang says that he heard of where they all could be hiding out. Kevin comes in, says he can't get a hold of Dad Keller. And Fang starts being nice. Like, it's like, oh no, like, just voicemail? And he goes, yeah, thanks for asking. Like, what's with the delivery of this line? Yeah, it was weird because, like, the sentence structure didn't make sense. Mm-mm. Um, but then he's like, thanks for asking. And I'm like, didn't you suffer a massive betrayal? Like, Fangs is really good guy Fangs because I would not be being as kind to Kevin as he is. You, these actors must show up to set and be like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then just, they don't question it at this yeah. point. I'm like, well, why is this show when the writer's just walking past the drama that we could be having and just aren't doing it? I don't know why. Do you want to know why? Because straight drama is more fun. Oh. Yeah, lame. Okay. Yeah, because they keep being like, well, why are you treating your ba- your gay characters badly? And they're like, okay, let's not give them any storyline, hardly. I'm like, but if you just were good at this in the first place, we wouldn't have these issues. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, okay, well, that's weird because Keller knew to come here. And Kevin's literally like, well, it's Riverdale. He could be doing anything. <laughs> really appreciate that the writers have now taken up our attitude, which yeah. is, it's Riverdale! Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to go in there. Um, they're going to try not to actually hurt anybody. They're not bringing any guns or anything. So the people are playing poker at the warehouse, exactly sure. where Fang said they would be. And Dodger says he's going to go drain the vein, which equals peeing. Mm-hmm. Apparently this is a saying. I have never heard that before, and it is disgusting. That yeah. makes me so uncomfortable. So like a pretty common saying, too. I, I have never heard it in my life. That just means you don't have a gross father. I don't. There you go. Okay. He's mostly just like, he's an Aries who was born on April Fool's Day. And that's all that you need to know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So they show up, they grab people, but Dodger got away. Um, and the dudes have guns and not them. So they're like, oh, that was a bad plan. But it's okay because Reggie has one. Yeah, Reggie's And Veronica and Reggie are here. So Veronica explains why they're here, which is basically the same thing that we've heard already. We, they tell us the plot again. Yeah. And then Red, basically Ronnie is like, Archie, can you do my bidding? And Archie's like, I'm kind of busy. Yeah. And Ronnie's like, but I need it. Yeah, exactly. So you're gonna do it. Veronica's like, like oh. I guess. Veronica's like, oh, my buyer wants the opal. Can you give me my opal? And Archie's like, why should I help you if you've treated me poorly? But Archie does it because he's a good dude. Yeah, I'm she's like, like this is bullshit. Well, you're gonna go after them anyway, right? So just like while you're at it, get me my thing. Yeah, she li- she literally says like, get it for me. Yeah, and he's like, okay, whatever. Like, but she ends up going anyway. So I don't know why we had this scene. Yeah. So Hiram is being held hostage, and so he calls Dooley and says, like, "Hello, I have a Palladium update. Please show up so that they can take Dooley hostage as well because the mercenary <laughs> guy has Hiram hostage. So now they have Tom Hiram." and Dooley, and they all want this palladium. I don't know since when this palladium has become, like, the main thing for the season, but whatever. What a, like, it's so random? Mm-hmm. Veronica still has Hiram saved in her phone as Daddykins. So hey, that's hey, God, you know what I have to say about Bobby. that? Mm. Gross. Okay, so she's like, hello, Dad, and uh, Ted is like, hi, we have your dad hostage. Uh, we want palladium because we're the ones who dug it out at the prison, so we want our share. And you know what? Honestly, that's fair. Do we hold people hostage? Yeah. No, we don't hold people hostage. We don't hold peaceful, ho- peaceful. We don't hold people hostage, but but should we? Yeah, okay. <laughs> we could. Um, um, maybe. 
And this is confirmation that Hiram was totally lying to Dooley, which we knew he probably was anyway, by being like, oh no, we didn't find any under the prison, but like, yeah, we definitely know that he did. So yeah, he just, Hiram won't say where the Palladium is. And so they're like, Hiram, can you talk to your daughter? And he's like, hi, we're at the El Royale and there's three of them. Honestly, smart move from Hiram. That was extremely funny. Hiram was just like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. And he knew they couldn't kill him. She's like, what about Palladium? And he's like, I don't know what he's talking about, about the Palladium. Like, okay, Hiram. Hiram's like, I'm gonna be very honest and then very uh, dishonest. (laughs) And he says that Double D shot Dooley, who's also a Double D. So Double D's shooting Double D. Yeah. Okay, so this is a quadruple D. That was um, the only part of the episode that I was really entertained by. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I would rather die than have the nickname Double D. Yeah. 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 So Veronica immediately puts it together that it's Dodger. And instead of asking about her dad, is like, does he have the blue opal? I don't care that people are hostages. Just uh, is is the blue opal there. And she's like, yeah, I'll get you your stuff, but I also want my stuff back, including people and also my opal. I just, I don't care about your opal, Veronica. And she's like, I appreciate that you don't care about your father. (laughs) But I'm also like, but we do care about Tom Keller, which is why he's there. We do care about Tom Keller. Because you know that the writers were like, oh, the audience won't care if it's just Dooley and Hiram. We need somebody that people like. Uh, let's bring in Keller. <laughs> How are we going to get Keller there? Uh, I don't know. He gets curb stomped by this tiny lady. By I don't know. Love. So she's like, okay, well, Reggie probably knows about it, which he does. Kevin comes back in and he says he's officially worried about his dad. And Fangs is like comforting him. Fangs, you are too good for this world. I would... Like, once again, I just would not be as kind to Kevin as you are. Yeah. Veronica calls Archie with the info, so it's time to once again reiterate what we've already learned. Oh, well, if you don't tell the audience 30 times, how will they know? Right. And so they're going to meet at the Sodale office again. They find the safe behind the painting, and they're going to try and break it out so that they can take it to Hiram. And so they call the people, and they're like, we need the combination. So she has to make the delivery of the safe, but without Archie. Mm-hmm. And I think... They say, not your boyfriend. And I'm like, why are we yeah. looking at Archie and not Reggie in this I moment? definitely, it was so dark, I thought we were looking at Reggie yesterday. Yeah. Oh, what a legend. Gotta say. Yeah. I hate that it's like, well, who have I been just working with? Reggie. Yeah. Reggie should be my boyfriend, but whatever. Exactly. I think it's lame. And so she's like, okay, Archie doesn't have to be there. And Archie's like, Ugh. like, Archie, come on, buddy. Archie's like, my feelings have been hurt. She would not agree to it if you were gonna, if she's like, no, Archie has to come. So they formulate a plan to stall for 30 seconds and then come in spy style and they're like, Ted chose the El Royale because he knows it. Because he know he 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 knows all the entrances. Well, he doesn't know all the entrances because they're going to come in through the roof. Ah! Why did they tell us the entire surprise plot? Because then it wasn't cool when it happened. I was like, I already knew this was going to happen. Exactly. And like, well, you do this and you do this. And I'm like, why did you not? Like, why? Don't tell me yeah. the cool thing you're about to do. Just do it. Yeah. So then Kevin says he's going to go because of his dad. And Fang says that he's going to go... After Kevin says it, thanks. You are too good for Kevin. So true. I decided you're yeah. too good for it's, Kevin. It's it's true. Yeah, it's a fact. And even Reggie says that he'll do it to save Hiram. Of course, oh, he, of course. Does, he he doesn't say that, but that's definitely what's happening. It's implied. And no one gives a crap about Governor Dooley. Uh, <laughs> so they bring in the safe and they have to search all of Veronica's pockets, which is what's stalling them for thirty seconds. And so they crash through the ceiling. I want you to know this was not thirty seconds. Oh, it definitely wasn't. No. And so Veronica pepper sprays Darla. Everybody fights. Archie does this dope punch in which he's flying through the air for it, which I can't help but support because mm-hmm. I love that. Sure. And that's it. Uh, so then Archie's a pops. Um, Governor Dooley will wake up eventually and pardon Frank. Um, Veronica still wants to date Archie, but Archie still says no, although he is struggling with it. Archie's like, I don't know. I really love cheating. 
I really love cheating. It's, it's hard for me to not cheat. It's his hobby. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, I guess I'll get divorced ASAP. That's I'm, all he was asking. I'm really glad that they didn't put Varchu back together at the end of this episode because it was so mature of him earlier, and so I'm glad they didn't, like, just immediately go back on Same. it. Same. So then Hiram goes and visits Dooley in the hospital. He says he won't share the Palladian with palladium with him, so just leave me alone. And, and you know it. what's hilarious? Mm. That's the end of that plot line. That's it. We will never hear it again. Probably not. No. Yeah, we'll no, never see Governor definitely, Dooley. Definitely not. Dooley yeah. is now no longer an issue because the Riverdale writer said so. Nope. They forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's that. Uh, so now we're gonna go into segments. Um, my first segment is which character needs a hug the most, and I am either going to give it to Tom Keller, who was held hostage and then immediately had zero lines for the rest of the episode, yeah. or... I also thought maybe I would give it to Fangs, because he is being a very, very nice person. Yeah, poor Fangs. Yeah. And my segment is, what is Sam shipping the most? And, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Veggie. Yay! Yay! Like, uh, the honorable mention, though, to Babatha. Yeah! Because I'm manifesting it, because it's more interesting. Kay. Yay! And my segment is, which MILF was the most badass, and, um, Tony wasn't here, and Alice was here for five seconds, so Alice? Yeah. Penelope was here, but she no, didn't we do don't. Much. We don't praise yeah. cult leaders. What about Mary for doing her job, even though she wasn't around? I thought about <laughs> that, but I need to see her. Okay. I need yeah. to see that beautiful little bisexual. Yeah. Alice was... Lovely for all three of the seconds she was on screen. Yeah, she made a very funny joke that did not make sense in universe, but mm-hmm. great. Please stop wasting me dynamics time. Yeah. Oh, my other segment is: Did anyone mention FP? And uh, no, no, they didn't. Boo. Um, I would like to bring up mention a, XP. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to mention FP. <clears throat> I'd like to bring in a new segment that will take exactly zero time out of your day, but it's something that I do not want to forget about um, because it has deeply bothered me for several months. So my new segment is. So is Chick actually dead or what? Oh, all right. And, um, I don't know. <laughs> I like how every episode for the rest of time, it's just gonna be, I don't know. I don't know. Who's to say? But I don't want to forget about this because is he dead or what? We just didn't mention him. He got, like, shot in the, or he got, like, a knife to the chest or something. <laughs> then we talked about how Glenn is fine and Charles is in the hospital, but we didn't say if Chick died or not. Is I Chick think dead Chick's or what? In, I think Chick's in jail. But But I want to know. Oh, yeah. I want, I want you to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. They gotta keep bringing back Chick. In, in the way that they keep bringing back Darla since season two, I'm just like, get rid of her. And then they keep bringing back Chick since season two, and I'm like, yay! yay. <laughs> I love that creepy weirdo. And now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Betty for... Can you just give us a sec? We've just never tripped before. Yes. Yeah. Gonna... We're not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, I cannot relate to Betty and Tabitha more. Yeah. I just appreciate them so much. Yeah. Yeah. As a person who is known as Betty and Jughead's child, mm-hmm. I just like, there's a lot of Betty in there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things in this world that I'm interested in doing. Mushrooms is not one of them. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a favorite line award because there weren't yeah. very many good lines in this episode. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. I like couldn't even think of one after I watched the episode. So I had to like find one in my rewatch. So that's going to yeah. be the only one for today. Riverdale, you're usually better at this. Yeah. Um, be funnier. Yeah. And Cheryl was there too. Can you just, can you just write better? Yeah. Unrealistic. <laughs> um, and here's where we would usually do our trailer reaction, but... That was a lot more fun when the trailers were very long, and now since they're only, like, 20 seconds long, it's just, like, we've already seen it, you know? It's like the CW got lazy, why can't we? Yeah. So, instead we are just going to talk about the trailer and what we thought of it, uh, instead of reacting to the trailer. Um, I hope that's okay. 
I think it's okay. I'm very excited for next episode. It is called Citizen Lodge, and I'll talk about what that's a reference to uh, in the outro, but uh, it is the Hiram flashback episode. I thought it was happening later in the yeah, back so of the season, I. personally. A lot of people were like, this is not what we want. We don't care about Hiram. For me, I'm like, any parent Dale flashback I'm down yeah. for. Yeah, give me all the content you have. I don't care who is the main character you, in flashback. You have a lot to live up to, yeah. though, with with the Midnight Club. I am feeling optimistic. Not that it's going to be better than Midnight Club, obviously. Obviously. But Michael Consuelos but has been... But it might been... be better than most of the episodes of season five. Right. So Michael Consuelos uh, was great in Midnight Club. So, so far, he has starred in the best episode of Riverdale. And if Michael Consuelos can keep that up and be in the two best episodes of Riverdale, I'm going to be very impressed. Yeah. I'm going to be very impressed. Yeah. So that is what I'm hoping for. I think we've seen promo images of, like, the other parents and stuff in it, so. Yeah, I'm ready for more Alice backstory. I'm I'm easy this in this manner. And I also love that Hermione and Hiram are coming back to play, like, Mark and Marisol are coming back to play Hiram's parents. Exactly. So that's also really exciting. Would love for Majin to show up as Alice's mom? <gasps> I don't know. Are we going to do more of that? I don't know. Uh, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. So, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. And thank you so much to our lovely roommate, Emily, um, for uh, chilling out while we recorded this podcast. We appreciate her so much. She's truly the best. She works so hard. Yeah. It's true, she does. If you are so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that, or wherever you're listening. We love you. <laughs> if you're a fan of The 100, Robin and I talk about that show, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not very good, but our podcast is, so check yes. it out. I, I, that's exactly what you should... That's exactly correct yeah the no. show is uh the show is um, <laughs> but i am deeply proud of our podcast on it um so for seasons four to seven we covered it as we were watching season six was really rough but the podcasts we put out in season six are some of our best ones i think yeah. um so check that out if you want to currently we are uh doing season three because we're going back to do the good old days. If you're a fan of Lost, we'd like to talk about that show. We are currently in the back half of season three. Uh, they are our longest and most big brain podcast. We have guests over there and it's spoiler free. So if you want to watch with us for the first time, you can. And I hope you do. It's my baby. Mm -hmm. If you are a fan of Star Trek Picard, we covered season one of that show and we'll be doing season two whenever it comes back. Yay! And if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show too. We have uh, almost finished covering season three, uh, and it's just, you know, a banger. Yeah. There are only two episodes left of season three, so you guys are going to want to get caught up. We have episodes for all the other episodes, so... Yeah. You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter, and Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. It's true. Our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because ugh, it is expensive what we do, um, and we have a lot of really cool perks, like I mentioned earlier. Um, if you can't help us out there, check out shoppylux.com, and uh, I have lots and lots of Riverdale designs for my embroidery, and uh, Brittany has this really dope sticker of FP and Alice kissing. Oh, yeah! That you should definitely buy. I forgot I made that. Yeah, you did. It's and on it's, my laptop. I yeah. know. And it's gorgeous, so you guys should check that out. I'm going to put a link to it in the description, because Snake Parents Army, where are you? True. Um, true. Yeah. And uh, if you can't do that either, all good. Recommend us to a friend. We just named four other podcasts that you can recommend. Even if that friend is you. If this is the only one you listen to, check out um, some of our other ones. Yeah. Thanks. 
You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-U-I-S. So next week's episode is episode 512, Citizen Lodge. Which is All right. which is a reference to Citizen Kane, of mm-hmm. course. Um, it is a 1941 American drama film produced and directed by Orson Welles. The picture was Welles' first feature film, and it is considered by many critics and experts to be the greatest film ever made. I tried to watch it, Disagree. but I was bored. <laughs> I tried to watch it, but I was bored. Please do not take away my film school card. No, my favorite I've thing- I've also seen it because of film school. Like, we all have seen it because yeah. of film school, but, yeah. like- uh, no. My favorite <laughs> thing to make people angry is be like, I enjoy Legally Blonde more. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true. I understand that something can be a masterpiece, also not age well, and also be boring as sin. That's how I feel about Citizen Kane. That's yeah. how I feel about The Godfather. To be honest, I don't even know what happens. I was not paying enough attention. I would rather Citizen watch Kane. Jurassic Park for the 300th time. Yeah. Citizen Kane, The Godfather, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Clockwork like, Orange. It, I, they, stop. Oh, Reservoir Dog. Anything by Tarantino. <gasps> Sorry. Did you know that Reservoir Dogs is the name of one of the episodes this season? No, I'm just naming a Tarantino It is. Oh, God. It is. That's funny. Um, that man has a foot fetish. So. That's <laughs> just a fun fact about Tarantino. Um, so this is what. Is it fun? Rob's <laughs> just trying to finish a sentence. I'm like, this we have. good content. I'm like, we have 30 seconds this left in this podcast. Content. Maybe. So this is what Citizen Kane is about. When a reporter is assigned to decipher newspaper magnate Charles Foster Kane's dying words, his investigation gradually reveals the fascinating portrait of a complex man who rose from obscurity to staggering heights. Though Kane's friend and colleague, Jedediah Leland, and his mistress, Susan Alexander, shed fragments of light on Kane's life, the reporter fears he may never penetrate the mystery of the elusive man's final word, Rosebud. Are you what telling me that... The word penetrate? Are you telling me that Hiram right. Lodge is going to be dead next episode? Ooh. Now that would be a 20. They better put the word Rosebud in it somewhere. I do have to say, reading that, I just think that that name for that episode is awesome. Oh, for sure. I think it's great. Oh, I'm excited. It's good stuff. Ah, Looking forward to it. Okay, love you. Bye. 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 Bye.